Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Real Rap Radio. And I am your host, Andre Boo. And today on Real Rap Radio, I would like to present to you the stop to oppression. The stop to oppression. And this episode is in reference to a disturbing situation that is occurring in the city of Largos. Nigeria. And I will read to you an article that was reported on the 19th of October of 2001. talks about the sad situation that's occurring in Lagos in reference to SARS and as as the article goes on to say Nigeria a year a year on no justice for the end SARS crackdown he goes on to say the victims are still waiting justice a year after security forces violated violently excuse me, suppressed protests calling for an end to police brutality in Nigeria. Human Rights Watch said today, the prospects for accountability remain inconclusive and bleak. Nigerian authorities should take concrete and decisive steps to ensure that those implicated in abuse in abuses against protesters are held accountable. In October of 2020, young people across Nigeria took to the streets calling for disbanding an abusive police unit, police unit known as Special Anti-Robbery Squad, SARS. And for ending brutality in a movement tagged hashtag NSARS, security forces respond with excessive force, including gunfire, which resulted in death and serious injuries. Nigerian authorities should clearly demonstrate that 
they are serious about holding those responsible for abuse abuses against protesters to account, said Anti Wang. Nigeria researcher at Human Rights Watch. Failure to pursue justice will strengthen the culture and, in, and impunity and reinforce the perceptions that brought protesters to the streets in the first place. Between October uh, 2020 and August of, of 2021, Human Rights Watch interviewed 54 people, including victims and their families, family members, protesters, protest supporters, representatives of civil society groups, medical service providers, political analysts, and journalists on how the crackdowns unfold and how the victims have been affected. Human Rights Watch also wrote letters to the Nigerian police force and the Nigerian army to share findings and ask questions about officers conduct during the, the protest but 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 has yet to receive a response one of the worst crackdowns was at at the Le- at the Leki tollgate in Lagos on October 20th when an army when army officers arrived and about five trucks and surrounded a large group of protesters holding a peaceful sit-in. The soldiers trapped the protesters using a tactic called kettling, then fired in the air at the crowd. Kettling is a method of confinement used by police to trap a, to trap a crowd of people in a specific place. After the, after the soldiers left, police, police officers arrived and, according to multiple witnesses, began shooting at, at protesters who had not managed to flee. Witnesses described a gruesome, a, witnesses described a gruesome scene with, with blooded, lifeless bodies on the ground and many others with gunshot wounds whom they tried to rush to, to hospitals. Human Rights Watch was, was not able to ascertain the total number of those killed by the, the, the military during this incident. Witnesses said that they saw what appeared to be at least 15 lifeless bodies and that military officers had taken away at least 11. Witnesses also reported that the police shot at least two protesters and took their lifeless bodies away with, with them. People who survived the use of excessive force at Leckie and other locations had tales of woe about the aftermath. Human Rights Watch confirmed that a 32-year-old 32 year, 32 year gener, uh, generator me- mechanic died on the way to the hospital after the military shot him in the chest and stomach. Another protester, whom uh, another protester, Wisdom Okan, remains missing. Their loved ones said said that uh, that e- that efforts to report what happened to the police or gather information 
from the authorities have, have been futile. The brother of one of the one of uh, uh, the brother of the man who, who died said, "We feel bad, but there is nothing we can do because we we can't fight the government. We tried to make a, a report at the police station after he died, but they the police." didn't allow anybody near the near their stations not even close to the gate talk less of reaching the counter inside the station to make a report peace okon the sister of the missing man said that she has been looking for her 18 year old brother since october 20 of 2020 when he was when he was last seen by their neighbor at the Lecky Tollgate protest protest site around 4 p.m., she suspects he he may he may have been shot or injured at the Tollgate, and his and has since uh, visited several hospitals, mortuaries, police stations, and prisons in Lagos to try to find him to no avail. She said. Officers at the police station and the prison she visited wanted bribes before helping her. She said, I can't report to anybody that I know will do the right thing. My mom has developed high blood pressure. She calls me weeping, asking for her son. I am helpless and I feel responsible because I brought him to Lagos from our village. This our country is not fair. There is no justice for the ordinary man. The government has forgotten about those people who were who were killed in, or missing from from Lackey Tollgate. Human Rights Watch interviewed and inspected the wounds of four people who said they had gunshot wounds, and interviewed a doctor who confirmed that three people brought to the hospital where he works had limbs amputated after being shot at Lecky. A 30-year-old, a 30-year-old event planner shot in, in his upper thigh said, I am still alive, but we lost others in the struggle. Just because youths decide to speak up, if nothing is done to those that shot us, then it really means that our lives are nothing in this country. Referring to Lagos. He goes on to say, despite repeated calls for accountability for abuses committed against reporters, against, against protesters, Human Rights Watch has not been able to determine that any members of the security force or police have been arrested or tried for their for their roles in the crackdown. The Lagos State jurisdiction. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so the Largo State Jewel uh, Panel of Injury and rest, uh, Restitution for Victims of SARS-related abuse abuses was set up on on October 19th of 2020, along other state panels to receive and evaluate public complaints of police brutality and. And extrajudicial killings. 
and to recommend compensation for victims and officers for prosecution. The mandate of the panel was later extended to include investigations into the lacking Colgate incident. The panel is expected to conclude its work on October 19th, but it has no authority to make binding decisions and can only present its findings and make recommendations to the Largo state governor. If the recommendations are adopted, they can be enforced as a judgment of the, of the state high court. However, a Nigerian law, lawyer and security sector reform expert told Human Rights Watch that courts cannot automatically assume jurisdiction over police or military forces. Charges can, can only be brought against them at the internal disciplinary processes lead to their being fired. Despite, despite the slow process, justice could still be achieved, but the, but the full cooperation and support of the federal government, the, uh, the, Largo state, the Largo state government, and the Nigerian military and police force will be, will be critical. Officers who have been summoned by the panel should testify and answer necessary questions at the Largo state government. Uh, should also commit to releasing the full report of the panel's findings and recommendations. The federal government should then ensure that those implicated in abuse against protesters, including as a matter of command responsibility, are brought to justice beyond accountability for abuses during the hashtag NSARS protests. The authority should tackle the system, the system the systemic product, pro problems that foster a culture of impunity in the, in the security sector and push forward comprehensive and meaningful reforms to end the abuse and injustices Nigerians have long experienced. Nigerian authorities should take effective steps towards accountability to show victims that their loss, pain, and suffering is not in vain. Wang said, anything less will worsen the distrust of the government and reinforce the perception that the lives of citizens do not matter. And he goes on to say, and talk about the uh, birth of the uh, 2020 and SARS uh, movement. <clears throat> and he goes on to say, the Nigerian police force has a long history of unethical, corrupt, and criminal conduct. Its special anti-robbery squad, SARS, formed in 1992 to combat armed robbery and other violent crimes was especially notorious for brutality against citizens. It has repeatedly been accused of committing the crimes it was created to respond to 
and its members have been implicated in widespread human rights abuses, including extrajudicial killings, torture, arbitrary, arrest, unlawful detention, extortion, and, and sexual violence. Several promises and commitments by the authorities to investigate alleged abuses by the group and, and ensure accountability yield no meaningful results. Nothing was done, huh? He goes on to say, on October 3rd, 2020, a video surfed, surfed online in which people said that SARS officers had just shot a, a young man in front of a hotel in Yughili, uh, Delta State, and fled with his vehicle, leaving him by the roadside to die. This led to a public outing on social media and, re and revived calls, especially on Twitter, to disband SARS, ending this ending uh, using using the hashtag NSARS hashtag. Despite a statement from the police authority in, in Delta denying officers shot, a, shot, shot at the victim, whom they said was still alive, the campaign gained momentum as people shared other stories, photos, and videos of abuse by SARS officers. A group of young people led by a social media influencer known as Renu Odola decided to organize protests in Largo starting on October 7th. Thousands of people joined them while others took to the, to the streets in other cities across the country, including Abuja, Kanu, Ibadan, Port Harcourt, and several others. Responding to the protests, the Nigerian authorities disbanded SARS on October 11th and made several commitments towards justice, accountability, and police reform. But while, while these commitments were being announced, officers on the streets were attacking peaceful protesters with brutal force. During, during protests between October 7th and 20th of 2020 in states including Ogun, Oyo, and Largos, and in Abju, Abuja, the nation's capital, uh, the nation's capital, security forces reportedly, repeatedly responded with, with what appeared to be excessive force, using gunfire, water cannons, and tear gas fired at close range. People disappeared. Uh, protesters marching towards the police headquarters with, with tear gas and water cannons. Human Rights Watch interviewed three people who participated, participated in or were in the vicinity of the protests and were badly beaten by officers. Human Rights Watch also analyzed several videos protests on social media by protesters on film or filmed by journalists documenting the incident. In one video obtained and verified by Human Rights Watch, a police water cannon truck can be seen pr 
projecting a strong force of water on dozens of, of protesters, some, some of whom were on the ground kneeling or, or standing and holding, the, and holding hands with others while struggling to maintain their balance. Several officers, several police officers can also be seen standing around the truck, some holding sticks. The police also use water cannon trucks to chase protesters on foot and in their cars, projecting forceful bounce of water on them at, at close range. Some protesters clunge to moving vehicles in an effort to escape. And one video obtained and verified by Human Rights Watch, three protesters fell from moving vehicles which were being closely pursued by the police water cannon trucks and narrowly missed, missed being crushed when, when the truck came to a stop right in front of them. In the most violent incident, which brought, brought an end to the protest on October 20, soldiers and police officers opened fire on protesters at the toll gate that connects Lecky, a Largo su suburb, with the city's main business district. The Lecky toll gate was one of the most vibrant protest locations in the country. Hundreds of people from all backgrounds showed up each day starting on October 10th, and many stayed overnight. Protesters were motivated by, by speeches, music, and other performances. Individuals and groups supporting the protest provided food, water, medical kits, masks, hand sanitizer, mobile toilets, raincoats, and, and money to cover uh, logistics. A 27-year-old comedian and actor told Human Rights Watch that he, that he came with his colleagues from Ercondo, a community about 68 ki uh, kilometers away. We decided to come all the way because we, we saw from social media that it was power, it, it, that, it, that it was the powerhouse, he said. On October 20th, Governor Babajidi Sanwu Olu announced a statewide curfew beginning at 4 p.m. to restore order as arsonists, hoodlums, and, and, uh, and uh, Antichrist, Antichrist, continue to hide under the end hashtag SARS protest to unleash mayhem in the state. And <clears throat> Watoni district uh, citizens live in poverty. And one only dis uh, disrupt citizens live lives in poverty. The curfew was later delayed to 9 p.m. after many people complained that it was impossible to get home before 4 p.m. given the traffic in Lagos. Although some protesters at Lecky to at Lecky Togate left following the announcement of the curfew, many stayed. For us the curfew meant we should stay in place and not move. 
around Lagos, and we were prepared to do just that, said uh, Akin Ologi, a prominent organizer. Sixteen people at the scene said that between 6.30 p.m. and 7 p.m., well before the 9 p.m. curfew, men dressed in military fatigues arrived in about five trucks and began firing in the air at the protesters. As the soldiers were, cl were closing in on, on the protesters, organizers told people to come together, sit on, sit on, on the ground, and wave their flags to show they were peaceful. Witnesses said that some of the soldiers' trucks were labeled with Op Mesa, referring to Operation Mesa, a joint inter, uh, internal security platform of the Army and Navy and the Air Force. It operates in <clears throat> in Sindri with the police and is meant to complement police efforts to fight crimes in Largo State. About 40, about 40 minutes to an hour after the military arrived and began shooting more soldiers led by a, sen a senior officer who, witness who witnesses identified as Army Brigadier General F.O. Amanta arrived. The shooting which had come had become then, then, it then stopped. Amanta came to the stage trying to calm people down, said said one 30-year-old protester. He asked people to leave, saying there was a curfew in place, but we res we responded by telling him we were not leaving and asking him why why they were killing us said a 28-year-old 20, man who, who had been part of the security team at the toll gate. Protesters said they proceeded to carry people who had been injured or shot, including some apparently lifeless bodies, put them together in front of the soldiers, telling the soldiers that they were responsible for the victim's death. The soldiers took many of the bodies away with them. A 24-year-old construction worker said that he was among those taken away by military officers who, who thought he was he th who thought he was dead. I was I was faint and lifeless, but I could make out what they were saying and doing. He said we were we were taken to military hospitals, and from there six of us were taken to the general hospital in Marina. I am not sure what happened to the other five, but they didn't follow us from the, mil from the military hospital. He, re he regained consciousness fully at the general hospital after seven hours and left the hospital early the next morning because he was afraid the military would come back for him. Five people said they saw military officers with flashlights picking up bullet shells and bullets before the officers left. They saw the soldiers picking up bullets one by one so they could cover up what, what they did, said one protester who, who works as a security guard. A 24-year-old 
protest organizer said that he also picked up bullets to keep them as evidence, including six casings and one live round. Human Rights Watch saw and analyzed these, which appeared to be standard ammunition. The Nigerian army initially responded to news to news of the shooting by labeling posts on the on the incident as fake news on all its verified Twitter accounts. They changed their position on October 27th when a spokesman, a spoke a spokesperson for the for the 81st District Division of the Nigerian Army, which which has its headquarters in Lagos State, said its soldiers were deployed on orders from the Lagos State Government to enforce the statewide curfew. He denied that the troops shot at protesters. However, the Lagos State Governor admitted in a televised CNN interview that soldiers had shot at protesters at the Lackey Tollgate and said that two dead bodies were identified following the incident. He, he however, denied any involvement in, in sending soldiers to the Lackey Tollgate. Later, later during a session of the, the Largo's uh, uh, judicial panel of, of inquiry on November 8th of 2020, the commander of the 81st Division's Military Intelligence Brigade, Ibrahim Tewo, stated that the officers at the scene had both blank and live bullets and only shot the blanks after they were attacked by hoodlums who planted with them with stones and injured a soldier on the lip. Although the judicial panel is empowered to summon anyone in Nigeria, the army officer who was identified as leading the team deployed to the Lackey Tollgate and and other senior officers refused to appear before the panel. Without consequences, following the, panel's, following the panel's decision to reopen the Lackey Tollgate in February, Odula, a prominent protest organizer who was invited to serve as a member of the panel, resonated, resigned in, in protest. Odula told Human Rights Watch that she strongly opposed reopening the toll gate before the investigation into the shootings of the protesters was concluded and yield meaningful results. These incidents, coupled with Nigerians' poor history with previous panels that failed to bring about meaningful justice, have, un have undermined confidence in Lagos' panel. And he goes on to talk about the shooting by the police. Five witnesses said that about 45 minutes to an hour after the, the soldiers left, about 15 police officers from the, the Morocco police station, which, which covers the Lekki Tollgate area, arrived in about three trucks and began shooting at some of the remaining protesters, causing many to flee. They were led by the station's commander. Witnesses said that witnesses said, and most and most were dressed casually, in green trousers 
and black t-shirts or jackets, the typical attire of SARS officers. Three people said that they recognized the commander, known as the Divisional Police Officer or DPO, who was wearing a white outfit because they, they lived in the waterside informal community close to and and un, close to and under the jurisdiction of the Morocco of the Morocco police station. A 23-year-old student who lives in the community and witnessed the shootings by the police at the toll gate said, I had to ensure in the past that required me to go to the Morocco police station. The DPO handed my case handled my case during that incident, so I know so I know him well. He was wearing white up and down that day of the shooting. I saw him clearly take out a pistol and shoot one man in the head who was already injured and could not run. The DPO had a pistol, but the, but the other officers had bigger guns. I saw them take out about three bodies when they left that night. A 35-year-old driver said that he saw the police take the lifeless bodies of two people they had shot with, uh, shot with them when they, left, when they left the area. When Human Rights Watch contacted the DPO, he refused to respond to questions, saying he was not permitted to speak on the issue. And it goes on about the, the aftermath, the deaths, injuries, disappearance, and harassments of victims' families. The, 30, the 35-year-old comedian was shot in the chest as he was trying to find his colleague in the crowd after the military officers opened fire. He passed out and was rushed to the General Hos- Hospital uh, Marina by other protesters. A 38-year-old construction worker who, who was shot twice in, the, in his chest and back said that he had joined the protest to fight for a better future for his children. A 30-year-old man was shot in his left upper thigh. The bullet penetrated the phone in his pocket, saying, saving his leg from, from much of the impact. He told Human Rights Watch that he saw more than 10, 10 others with gunshot wounds at Redding, Reddington, Reddington Hospital in Leckie where he was first taken on the day of the incident. The 35-year-old driver said he he saw about 10 people with gunshot wounds at the scene, including four of his friends. He said he helped helped administer first aid to three people using clothes to stop the bleeding, oozing out of the wounds, of their wounds. A doctor at one of one of the hospitals were where protesters were were taken said that three patients from the lecky toll gate all in their 20s had limbs amputated one lost his leg 
and the other and the others uh, other two each lost an arm. The Largo State Government reported that two people died during the Lecky Tollgate incident. A, a figure that local local rights groups and other activists rejected as far as far too low. In response to the, the protests, police arrest dozens of protesters and, and held them in in commando and communicating in, in and held them in in communicando for many hours for days, denied them access to lawyers and brought trumped up charges against several of them. Adetola One Oneyemi and uh, Modupi Odoli, Odeli, two young lawyers were established who established the NSAR's legal aid program said that they received reports that 352 protesters were arrested during the protests in October 2020 and that they had helped to secure the release of 337 protesters in 13 states. We saw we saw from from the case when we saw from the case we handled that the police commanders are so powerful and there is there is no central accountability system. So the police officers can do whatever they want to people they arrest. They can transfer them anywhere or even kill them. Adoli said, that's why we tried to deploy lawyers as quickly as we could. Those first flu, those first those first few minutes are cru are crucial, or else people can get lost or disappear in the system. Nigerian authorities froze the bank accounts of individuals and groups donating, collecting, or distributing funds to support the protesters, and placed travel restrictions on prominent supporters of the protests. Media house. Media houses were fined for using footage from social media in their coverage of the protests, and government officials repeatedly called for government regulation of social media, citing the role platforms like Twitter played in, in support for protests. In June, the Nigerian authorities banned access to Twitter. After the social media platform deleted a tweet from President Buhari's, which it, it which it said violated its rules, while attempting to justify the ban, Nigeria's information minister cited the role Twitter played in the end of SARS uh, movement. Policemen punching a protester, pushing a, a protester into a police van during a demonstration on February 13th of 2021 in Lagos, Nigeria, against the reopening of Lagos toll gate, where security forces shot at NSARS protesters 
in 2000 in October 2020 Nigerians Nigeria's construction protests the pro, uh, protect protects the rights to free expression press freedom peaceful assembly and association Nigeria has uh, ratified the African cha uh, Charter on human on on human and people's rights, which is the A the ACHPR uh, and the International Convention on Civ on Civil and Political Rights, which is ICCPR, which which guarantee the rights to life for all and the rights of individuals to associate and assemble freely with others under the united nations basic principles on the on the use of force and firearms by law enforcement pers personnel law enforcement officials should make make use of nonviolent means before resulting to force and avoid use of force to disperse nonviolent protests regarding protests Regard, regardless of whether the authorities deem the protest illegal, any use of force by law enforcement must be preceded by clear warning and should only be used if other measures to address the, the, gen, the genuine threat uh, address a genuine threat that proved ineffective or ineffective or have, have no light no, no light no life no like likelihood of achieving the intended result when using force law enforcement should exercise restraint and act proportionally considering both the seriousness of the offense and the legitimate objective to which to be achieved and <clears throat> that will end that article And I say it's very sad that these that the people in Lagos are uh, experiencing this you know, horrific uh, oppression, and it must end. The oppression of SARS must end. And those who have the ability to do something should do something it is absolutely unacceptable for people to be oppressed in this in this type of matter. And it's sad, you know, when you see. your own people oppressing you. That's the real sad part. So accountability for the government in Largos should be implemented. 
those the DPO and all the other the, the president, the prime minister there, the you know the authority the, the authorial figures should take accountability for themselves and do the right thing. And always remember what goes around comes back around. It's just it's sad to to even you know read this article. But the message has to be out there. It has to be clear that oppression is not worthy. There's no value in oppression. There's no success in oppression. Oppression is something that is forbidden on mankind, whether to oppress himself or others. So the authorities in Largos should be held accountable and for those who are allies to them they need to step up you know young kids shouldn't experience this type of treatment human beings shouldn't experience this type of treatment. So, to the people in Lagos, before I end this episode, I would just like to tell you all to Be patient, because help will come. And I will leave you with this. Always remember There's someone out there who hears your story and understands. So don't lose hope. But someday help will be on its way. God willing. And always remember in the Quran. Allah tells us, فَإِنَّمَا أُسْرِ يُسْرَى إِنَّمَا أُسْرِ يُسْرَى With every difficulty comes ease. Verily, with every difficulty comes ease.
So I'd like to thank all those who have been listening and supporting the podcast. And I hope that you have got some benefit from this. And if for those who are willing to help those that are in Lagos, they need your help. Because those that are there who are in position to help are not helping. They're hurting their own people. So I'll end off with this, with that last statement. So thanks for listening to Wheel Rap Radio. And until next time, God willing, be safe and take care and take care of others. Carry.